down. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. (laughs) Lord, I just pray for your love to just be so palpable in our lives. I pray for all of you. I pray that God would help you become people who forget bad things. I'm glad that the Lord forgets all of our sins. Our sins and lawless deeds, he will remember no more. (laughs) And I just pray for all of us that we would be people in our forgiveness, that we would be people who don't hold a list, but we would be people who truly forget bad stuff in Jesus' name. And we would forgive. And so, Father, I just pray for a supernatural power. Lord, where people have been wounded and in their minds there's hurt. I pray for a supernatural working of your Holy Spirit, God. I remember when I was in college, I was, I don't know why I'm going here. I had no plan to talk about what I'm about to say. But I remember when I was in college, I had had some, uh, some pain in my heart from things that had happened in my past. And I remember this encounter with Jesus. I was praying with some friends, and it felt like God took my heart, and it felt like he stretched it out. And, and then it felt like a rock had been removed from my heart. And when that happened, I don't know how to explain it, but it just felt like, and every time I would think about that situation in my past, I would cry. I would not be able to think about that situation without crying. <laughs> oh, now I'm giggling. Like, that shows you how far it is. But I, I felt it literally come out of my mouth. And um, truly no pain or hurt towards that person. It's crazy. It was truly miraculous. And God has that for each of us. You know, the Bible says, and it's that image of Jesus, sower, sows seed. And on the ground where there's rocky soil, Roots have a hard time growing in rocky soil. Let your roots grow deep in the love of God. For it to grow deep in the love of God, we have to be willing to say yes to love and be love ourselves and forgive as our Father has forgiven us. And so I just pray that for some of you in here, some of you in here. I just pray, maybe not for all of you, because some of you all have some really good soil and you're just sprouting up beanstalks for Jesus. But I just pray, you know, some of us, we're doing a really good job too, but there's just some things. It's not our fault. It's just some bad stuff that happened. I just pray right now in Jesus' name that a supernatural working of the Holy Spirit would be happening in your heart, that you would feel and know that God is enlarging your heart. He's enlarging it, and he's removing stones that would prevent love to grow deep in you in Jesus' name. I pray for a supernatural working of right now. And I pray for a deliverance of that past experience in Jesus' name, if that's speaking to you right now. Amen? We all together? Okay. Wow. Uh, So I woke up from the last uh, um, night's sleep and from my naps that I've been having. I keep waking up with one verse on my mind. And I think the Holy Spirit is talking. And I think he wants to say something. 
It's one verse. It's an obscure random verse. And I keep dreaming it, thinking it. Last, like, you know, yesterday, today, throughout the day, even when I was taking naps, I still wake up. I'm thinking about it in my dream. It's just one verse, one sentence over and over again. I wake up. I'm thinking the verse, saying it, not even, I'm not even fully, you know, when you wake up, you're not fully coherent. I'm still saying this verse, thinking it over and over again. I think the Holy Spirit wants to say something. Come on. This is uh, the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 17. John, chapter 1, verse 17. It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ. (laughs) I kept thinking this verse. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ. I began to sit with the Lord, and I was like, I was just thinking and pondering, Lord, what do you want me to say about that? And... As I was just sitting in it, I was just more and more. You guys ever do that? You just kind of sit in one small word, and it's like a seed, and it just starts. God speaks all kinds of stuff through something so simple. And first, there was these parallels in here. It says, the law, it was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And there's three parallels here. One is the law versus grace and truth, yeah? Law versus grace and truth. The second one is given versus came. Given versus came. And the third one is Moses versus Jesus. The Bible says that the word of God, Jesus, this is all in the Gospel of John, the word of God who was God in the beginning, through him all things were made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And it calls that light the true light which gives light to all men coming into the earth. This true light. His life is his grace and his light is his truth. Yes? In the Old Testament, God had these moments with the people of Israel. God chose out of all the nations a special people and he began to reveal himself. And in his revealings of himself, we can see all of these things like shadows of Jesus. Yes? We could say the Old Testament's written in the shadow of Christ, and we could say the New Testament is written in the revelation of Christ. Okay? So Moses has all these wild encounters, and God calls Moses to do a lot of stuff, and through Moses gives grace to the people in specific ways. But there's a big difference from what God was doing in Moses and what he fulfilled in Jesus. And I want us to just think about these things a little bit. I began to, um, I began to think about all these things about Moses. I was walking around in prayer, and I was just been praying, and I was getting so stirred up thinking about it. You guys know that Moses went up on the mountain, and when he prayed for forty days, the Bible says that he actually <laughs> he saw the back of God, the backside of God. The Lord said, "Moses, if you see me, dude, you're." you're going to be toast. I'll let you see my backside. 
and he walks by him. Let's think about this. God is invisible. Who is he seeing? He's seeing the Son of God, the image of God. He's seeing the Lord of glory, Christ, the eternal Son of God. He is seeing God. God wasn't confined to the mountaintop. You guys, just understand what I just said? God wasn't just confined on the mountaintop, but yet the fullness of who he is, his image passed before Moses. This is the Son of God. Goes by Moses. What happened to Moses? The dude started to glow. He started glowing. He came down from the mountain, glowing. The people were terrified. They had to put a veil over his face, lest they all just wig out. Yes? By the way, the people couldn't go up on the mountain. If the people went up on the mountain, they would. Anybody know? They die. If they touch the mountain, they die. In fact, the whole thing caught on fire. It still looks burnt today. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? You can go there today. It just looks burnt. The same mountain. Moses came down from the mountain, shining, shining, came down from the mountain shining because he had met with God and he brought down with him tablets that were written with the finger of God. It was a handwritten letter by Christ himself before he was born. The finger of God wrote on the tablets. Moses came down shining with some tablets. Now we know by the way, the tablets, he ended up throwing them down and breaking them, having to go get a second pair because the people were worshiping a big golden calf. And he was like, what are you doing? It was already gone crazy. Isn't that wild? Anyways, that just shows that the first covenant, that it would be replaced with a second one. That was actually a prophetic moment. But regardless, Moses came down shining. He came down with words from heaven. He came down with law. It was actually the beginning of the law, the commands of God, he actually continues, actually write, if you just read the book of Leviticus, read Deuteronomy, you're going to see a lot of commands, yes? A lot of law. But this is, this is the initiation of what we call in the Bible the law. The law was given through Moses. But the difference is Moses came down shining. Jesus is the glory of God himself. Become a man, not from a mountain, but from heaven. The Bible says in this passage, no man has ascended to him, but, but he who has come down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. He came down not from a physical mountain, but from heaven itself. And he didn't come with tablets. He's the word of God. These tablets, these commands, these laws, what do they say to you? They say, do, be better, and you will become blessed. Do be better and you will become blessed. What is the grace that comes through Jesus? Be transformed. Be new. Be righteous. And from that, do. It's a whole nother level. There's an internal transformation. The law was given through Moses. Moses walks around and they got hungry. What happened? 
Let's just think about these things. What happened? Nobody? Anna started manifesting every day. Food. Yet the fathers ate of that manna and then they ultimately died. Jesus said, I am the bread which has come down from heaven. If you eat of me, you shall never die. He is beyond the things that Moses was bringing. One time an axe head, this is an interesting story, an axe head fell into the water. Have you read this before? An axe head fell into the water. What does Moses do? He puts a stick on the water. The axe head floats up to the top. It's like there was a dead instrument. Moses was able to bring back alive a dead instrument, a dead thing, a dead object. He was able to bring it up from the depths to resurrect it per se, to bring it up out of the water, to bring it up out of death, to bring it up out of the depths of the sea. How much more Christ, who didn't just bring up an axe head, he brought you up from death, the death of sin, through baptism, into new life in him. <laughs> Come on. Moses made water sweet, where God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. How much more Christ, who gives us the living water, where you will never thirst again, he says to the woman in John chapter 4. He says, if you drink the water that I will give you, you shall never thirst again, and it shall well up in you unto everlasting life. And at the place of Mara where they needed water, there was bitter water, they couldn't drink it. They're in the desert, they needed it to live. How much more Christ gives us his Holy Spirit, which bubbles up in us into everlasting life. <laughs> Come on, God, I'm just... Anybody else? Moses was sent from I am. Jesus is the I am. Moses stood before a burning bush and was like, OMG. And he says, tell them I am sent you. Jesus is walking around. They look at him and he says, before Abraham was, I am. For Abraham was, I am. What did they do? They tried to pick up stones to kill him. Moses was not the I am. He was sent from I am. And he brought a good thing. He brought a message. And this thing actually was teaching them about who God is. That he's holy, he's righteous, he's long-suffering, he's loving kindness, his tender mercies, he's slow to anger, quick to forgive, yet he's still just and he will not let injustice just go on forever he will bring it and bring a reward for the righteous and the unrighteous he says who he is he starts to explain who he is but it's through these things that he's explaining the shadows of Jesus the law was given through Moses it was given was given to Moses, whatever these miracles were, whatever the words were, whatever all these commands were, and he passed it on as a medium. But the grace and truth came through Jesus. Jesus didn't take something and give it. Jesus is the fullness of everything that you need in life. Yes? Moses built a temple, you know, tabernacle. It wasn't the temple yet because it was a little bit later. You'd get David and Solomon, etc. But he had a vision and he put together a tabernacle. That was 
from Moses. That was part of the whole law. They built a tabernacle. In fact, the tabernacle would travel around with them. There was a pillar of fire and a cloud. The cloud by day, the fire by night, and it would lead the people of God. How much more us? They're led by the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us. Yet they were led by his presence as well, and they had a tabernacle. How much more us? We don't just have this physical tabernacle that represents heaven to us. You are the tabernacle of God himself. In Christ, he comes to make you. His, God does not live in temples made with man's hands. But he lives in a body, and he's chosen to live in a body. And he's chosen to live in us, in Christ. In Christ. These things of the old covenant that they were going through is a shadow of what was to come at the end of time. Do you guys know the Bible says at the fullness of time Christ came and he died for the sins of the world? At the what? At the fullness of time. We all still together? Jesus came. You know what that means is if Jesus came at the fullness of time, where are we now? The Bible says we're in the last days. We're in the last days. Do you believe Jesus is coming soon? Because he is. I didn't give you a chance to answer because I just, I didn't. <laughs> he is coming soon. He is coming soon. Truly, we're in the last days. Which is just wild to think about days. It's been 2,000 years. But the Lord is not slow concerning his promise. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. The thing, grace, grace is this. Grace is, on one hand, mercy given to you, not because of what you've deserved, but because God loves you and died for you. Grace is mercy that you didn't deserve on your own, a gift of mercy to forgive you, to cleanse you, to wash you, to bless you. Do we understand what I'm saying? Grace is a gift of mercy, but grace is also a helping gift. It means that God enables you. He empowers you. He lives through you. He gives you his spirit. He causes you to live righteously. In the Old Testament, they had a law, and they were doing things to be righteous. And that was made to be a tutor, a teacher, showing the issues in the world. But Christ came, and, and he doesn't leave us as orphans. He gives us his spirit. A Christian, we're not meant to be Christians just in title. You don't get a badge like just, I get the badge Christian, but then I look not, like there's no difference for me in the world. That's not, there is something truly supernatural that happens to a Christian, and it can be summed up in the word grace. God's spirit comes to abide in you. And all of us together are a house for God together. Where God walks in our midst. You don't try to do righteousness to be holy for God. The blood of Jesus makes you righteous. Hear the Spirit. Preach the gospel to them. Listen, the perfect man died on a cross. The perfect man died. You know what Jesus said in John 
chapter 3, I believe, when, or chapter 4 or 5, he goes into the temple, whatever. He goes into the temple, and he's got a whip of cords. What a fun story. And he's, whoosh, you know? This is at the beginning of his ministry, and he starts turning over tables. By the way, you know he does this twice. He did at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry. Do we know that? He, he, did, he did it at the beginning, and he did it at the end. He goes in, and he cleanses the temple. And when he's doing it, they don't think he's a psycho. They think he's acting like a prophet. And they say, what sign? Why are you doing these things? They recognize he's doing something like a prophet would do. What sign do you do these things? Why do you do these things, they said to him. They didn't just go and arrest him. They asked him, why do you do these things? You know what he says? He says, tear down this house, and I will build it up in three days. You know what they said to him? They said, what? This thing took 40-something years to build. By the way, the stones are massive. Like, this whole thing is like one big stone. Isn't that crazy? Just mind-boggling. Huge. They go, it took 40, I forget how many, 40-something years to build this, and you're going to rebuild it in three days? You're going to raise it up yourself in three days? But Jesus was talking about his own body. Jesus was talking about his own body. Jesus died on a cross for you to cleanse you of all evil, to make you a house fit for a king. The perfect man died. What happens if a perfect man dies? He's going to resurrect. Perhaps I think maybe he chose three days just so that we really knew he was really dead. I don't know. <laughs> Why three days? That's just a good round number, Micah. I don't know. Sin came into the world because of Adam, yes? And death because of sin, right? By the way, did you guys know what Adam named Eve? Oh, wait, that sounded weird. Do you know what he named his wife? He named her Eve, yes? But do you know what Eve means? Eve means life. In the Greek, it just says zoe, zoe. It's just life. Eve means life, life. Do you know when he named her life? He named her life after the Lord rebuked all of them, including the serpent. He named her life after. Before that, if you look, it just kept saying the woman, the wife, the woman, the wife. He even says, I'm going to call you woman, for you came from man. But he didn't bring up Eve yet. The name Eve came after all the stuff. He named her life. Why? Because Adam was just listening that the serpent was being a punk. And he deceived his wife, and Adam was being stupid, and Adam sinned. And he's listening to what God is saying to the serpent. And he's saying, you're going to be at war with these people, and these people are going to be at war with you. And by the way, you're going to be eating dust all the days of your life, buddy. And then he says to the woman, he says, your seed is going to crush his head, and you, devil, are going to be watching out for him, but it's irrelevant. You're going to be on guard for his heel, but his heel is going to crush your head. Adam's listening to this. Your seed? How does Adam do? He says, I'm going to name you life, for from her all living beings would come, especially the seed 
which would bring us life because death had come into the world. Are we understanding? Oh, this is great. All this time, God had a plan. His name is Jesus. What happens when you kill a perfect man? He resurrects. Grace and truth have come to us. You know, truth, interesting word. Truth is actually a really interesting word. I actually had to sit there and I couldn't, I was like, Lord, I just feel so uncomfortable explaining truth. I'm like, you're, it's like when Jesus was, when he was arrested, <laughs> you guys following me? When Jesus was arrested, he went before Pontius Pilate and you know what he said to him? Jesus is just basically like, basically just saying I'm truth. And then he says, what's truth? Truth to us as humans, you ready? What we know is truth is what we see. It's objective. It's what we see. I'm standing on a podium. Is that true? I'm standing on a podium. This is, wait, no, a stage. Podium's right here. I'm not standing on the podium. Whatever. I'm standing on a stage. <laughs> I'm wearing a blue shirt. My eyes are blue. Sometimes people think they're fake. They're not fake. I don't wear contacts. So someone was like, no, I don't believe you. I was like, I swear, these are my eyes. Like, no way. I'm like, yes way, Yahweh, he made me. No, too much? How do we know truth? It's objective. I'm a man. My wife is a woman. God made them, male and female. It's objective. Some of you have brown hair. Some of you have blonde hair. You're not a dog. You're a human. You're not a bird. You don't have feathers. You don't fly. Things are objective. The sun comes up. It goes down. How do we know it? We see it. It's reality. But what about the secret things? You say to a person, you hate me. The person says, I don't hate you. How do you know what truth is? How do you know what truth is? Only God knows the secret thing. Yes? So everything that's invisible is seen fully by God. He even knows the depths of your heart. He knows every thought you have. He doesn't just give truth. The dude is truth. He sees everything as it is, truly, visible and invisible, in heaven and on earth, everything. He sees it all. And he doesn't just perceive it to be truth. He is truth. He sees it in complete entirety. You can't trick him. You can't deceive him. He's truth. Do we understand? That was actually really hard for me to say all of that because that took me a while in prayer. I'm like, man, I just don't know how I'm going to say this. <laughs> He's grace and truth. And you know what the ultimate, the ultimate invisible thing is? Beyond your feelings in your heart or the person next to you, their feelings in their heart and all kinds of things, the philosophies of people, God. He's the most important, invisible thing there is. And Jesus, Jesus came from heaven to earth to make him known to us. If he's truth, that means that in every way that Jesus acted and was is a perfect, perfect expression of the Father. 
That means you will not see anything about God that you don't see in Jesus. That's really good. He's, in some words, people say he's perfect theology. He is perfect theology. He's the perfect way to study God. If God became a man and lived among you, you'd think, hello, look at him. Let him teach us who God is. And go beyond that. Moses was an instructor. Moses was a prophet. Jesus was also a prophet too. But Moses was a prophet instructing, yes? Telling them what God said. This, do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Jesus is the creator. Through him, the words of God were spoken that created existence. Moses said, don't do this, do this. Christ literally makes you new. <laughs> I'm just, we all said that you're all so quiet. <laughs> There's so much more I have from splitting seas to. Oh. Oh. Guys, we don't we don't work to become, but because we are, we do work. And I was just feeling so impressed on my heart, this. We stir up the gift that's in us. We stir up the gift that's in us. We act like athletes. We ought to be gathering together. We ought to be praying together, praying for one another which we do, but I'm just, I'm encouraging us. We ought to be people who are doing a whole bunch. You've been created for good works. You're not trying to do works to be good, but you're created for good works. You're not doing works to be good, but you're created for good works. But just because you're created for good works and you realize there's nothing I need to do, Jesus paid it all. We don't sit down on the sidelines and go, it's all fine and dandy. Jesus did it all. That's not how we respond. How we respond is, I, I don't need to do anything to become anything, but because I'm completely liberated and free, because he set me free, because he gave me life and life in immortality, because he gave me his spirit, because he's with me, because he's met with me, he sits beside me and holds me, and I hang out with him when I don't feel good or when I do feel good, no matter what, I end up feeling good. But man, he's with me. How much more should we be people of good works? Not because we're performers or actors. In other words, another word for actors, hypocrite. Not because we're these things. Not because we're, oh, I got to just try to be cheery today. No. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, know who you are. The law was given through Moses. But I'll tell you what. Jesus has come. And something else. Something else has been brought to us, and it's grace and truth. You can know God. Number one, you can see the Father. How? Through Jesus. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, the invisible God. You can know God. You can know God. Yes, you can know God. <laughs> Yay. And it goes beyond that. 
through faith in this one. In the Old Testament, Moses lifted up a serpent on a pole when the people of God were acting like, they were just acting silly. And they started getting bit by snakes. I don't know if all of us know the stories. I'm going through a lot of stories, but just go to church more and we'll all get it. And read the Bible. Listen, the snakes. <laughs> Sometimes I was like, I was literally, as I was processing the sermon, I was like, do I just, do I full on go like full like baby and go like, Moses was a man who was a Jew and like go like, really? But honestly, it's like, I just got to speak what I got and I'm just trusting that God's going to give you what you need. And if you got a bunch of questions, let's talk, let's get coffee. Okay, anyways, the people of Israel were sinning. And what happened? Snakes started biting them in the wilderness. Snakes started biting them. They started dying. What did they say? OMG, help us. Moses, pray for us. God tells Moses, Moses, make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole and stick it up in the air. And just take it with you wherever you go in the wilderness for 40 years. (laughs) It's like a flag. (laughs) And if the people ever get bitten by snakes out here in the wilderness, they could just look at this and they'll be healed. How cool is that? Wow! Jesus says in John chapter 3, just as Moses lifted up the serpent, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You might have some snake venom in you, and the result of it is death through sin. Christ has come to rid you of the venom. He's come to give you life. If you look to him, the perfect man died for you and resurrected. He didn't deserve it. So therefore, he died the death of a sinner. So you can live the life of a righteous man. Come on, guys. Died the death of a sinner so you can live the life of a righteous man. There's only one righteous one. One. The righteous one. The righteous one. That means perfect. Perfect. The chosen one. Righteous one. Elect one. Holy one. (laughs) Jesus. He became a man and died. He didn't deserve it. And he rose himself from the grave three days later. The Bible says, it says God raised him from the dead. And it says, I love this verse. It goes, but even if he didn't, it's like, he still would have resurrected. It says that. Isn't that crazy? He, he would have still resurrected. He was a perfect man. Yes. So we could put our faith in somebody who's alive who has really overcome death. No man has ascended into heaven, but he who has come down from heaven. There was a big problem. And the problem was obviously we got death here, but it goes way beyond that. No human could enter into the courts of heaven. It's why we call it in theology, the fall. The fall. Not the kicking out of just garden, the fall. This place of communion in heaven with almighty God, absolutely impossible. Number one, we're all gonna die unless Jesus comes back. Two, even if you died, you can't get yourself there. 
Adam and Eve were kicked out of paradise. Praise God they were. Because if they weren't, they would have been stuck in that state forever. Come on. God's really good. He clothed them. It's like an image of Jesus. Adam names her Eve. He's given him a prophecy about Christ. Even how he makes Adam, he makes him in symbolic imagery. What does he do to Adam? He puts him into a deep sleep like death. And from his side, he brings forth his wife. Hello, Christ. Hello, the church. Adam was put down into a deep sleep. A rib was taken out. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. We are born of the Spirit through the death of Christ Jesus, the laying down of the Son of God. From him comes his bride, which is the church, born of the Spirit. Yay! No one could get into heaven but Jesus came down from heaven at the perfect time, at the fulfillment of time for all humanity. And all those, even though they had sinned in the past, all those who had faith in God, who feared him, and believed in the seed that was spoken from the beginning, they were awaiting their Messiah, who came to rescue them from the bosom of Abraham in death. Did you guys know some of those people resurrected, by the way? And now we, at this time, at the final curtain call of all humanity, get to be the first fruits of the resurrection that's about to happen. Do we believe it, or are we, like, kind of believing it? Dude, guys, this is crazy. God is real. That's number one. Jesus is real. <laughs> Jesus is God became a man. He took on flesh. Because of sin, God told Adam, which his name means earth, Adama in Hebrew is dirt or earth, Adam, you're dirt, buddy, you're made of dirt. When you die, you shall return to dirt, to dirt, death. But Jesus, born of the Spirit, makes us alive. He wasn't of the earth. He was of heaven, yet he covered himself with earth. And showed himself to us so we could see him as much as you see the color of my eyes. And not be faced with just empty philosophies where people bicker and debate about philosophies. But the real man stood in front of people, raised the dead, cast out demons, cleansed the lepers. Come on, lepers, not leopards. Cleanse the lepers. He rose from the dead and showed himself to a bunch of people. He gives us his spirit. And many of us have encountered him in wild ways. Wild ways. Some wild people in this room. 
<laughs> there really are some wild people in here, dude. This is crazy. God is so good. We're not under a law. We're under grace. We're under grace. God doesn't leave you to try to be good enough, but he empowers you by his spirit. The same works that Christ did, he says, we will do. We don't live in darkness. We live in the light. That means we live in truth. We live in the reality of who God really is. And what he says goes. Father, I just thank you. Can I get Johanna up here? I kept thinking in my prayer time, I felt Johanna on the piano. Lord, I just thank you that you've given us grace and truth. That it's come through you. And that through you, Jesus, we receive it. Through you, we receive it. Through faith in you, we receive grace and truth. Through you, we receive grace and truth. And truth. Father, I just pray for a supernatural overabundance of grace for every person in this room. And I thank you that they have it. But I pray, Father, for revelation in their brains, that they would know the inheritance of the saints. I pray that we would know the grace that we've obtained by you, Father God. Lord, that you're not you're not nitpicking us in some angry God mode, but God, you're slow to anger. You're super loving and super kind, and you want to empower us. So, Father, I pray people are energized. I pray people are empowered. I pray people walk out the doors feeling like you're with them, that you want to do supernatural things through them. Nothing's going to hold them back. Nothing, no devil can hold you down. Do not give them a place in your life. (laughs) Don't give them a place in your life. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Say that over yourself. Say, I'm free. You can't be more free than how the sun makes you free. The biggest problem is your big brain. That makes you believe a lie. And says, I must not be free. No, you're free. And your continuance in freedom isn't from your efforts, but from the grace of God in knowing him. Yes? have a, and the Bible says a yoke is like a, when you get cattle, you put a yoke on their neck and they're pulling along, <laughs> pulling along the, the sleigh basically, working the fields, the yoke, the heavy burden, the heavy burden. So I want to do in faith. If, if you feel like you've got a yoke on your life, the Bible says the anointing breaks every yoke. I want you to, I want you to stand just in faith, just stand and receive 
grace right now. It could be anything. It could even be a physical pain. It could be a heart thing. It could be just, it could be all kinds of stuff. If you feel like you got a heavy burden, a yoke, I want you to stand in faith. The anointing breaks every yoke, not by our efforts. So right now, in Jesus' name, everybody else, stretch your hands towards them. Come on. Stretch your hands towards them. And I want you to say, the Bible says, speak that which is not as though it is. Speak that which is not as though it is. Speak that which is not as though it is. If you feel like whatever the burden is, whatever the thing is, or whatever, whatever the yoke is, I want you to see it, but I want you to declare whatever the opposite is. I want you to declare it. If some of you, it's like sin, right? Let's, let's give an example. So there might be two of you in here. If it's, if it's sin, you're like, I feel like I've been yoked up in some kind of temptation thing. I want you, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes? Uh, if it's a hurt pain, I want you to say, I have the life of God. The Spirit gives life to my mortal flesh. If you have to continue to pray to see the Spirit manifest over that flesh every day, bit by bit, until you're fully restored, then so be it. Be a Christian. Come on. Right now, put your hand on your heart. Father, I just thank you right now. Just release it. You're anointing right now, Father God. I pray that you would manifest it over them. The Bible says, believe that you've received and you shall have what you ask for. And he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, which is the anointing. Believe that you've received. So right now, I want you to just say, say, Lord, let your anointing manifest upon me in this area, in this area that I feel a burden. And I want you to believe, regardless of your feelings. I love your feelings. I love the tingles. I love the flame. But right now, go beyond it. I want you to believe that you've received something. Believe it right now. See him coming upon you. You've received him. Believe it and you shall have it. The door's already been opened for you. He opened up the window. It's been opened on the cross. The veil was torn. Come on, guys. Believe it right now. God is doing a mighty work right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the healings. I thank you for even there's somebody in here with just mental stuff. You've been wrestling with mental stuff. I almost want to have you raise your hand. Okay. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Clarity of mind. Clarity of mind. The Bible says you've been given the mind of Christ. So I command every voice that's been bothering you to stop in the name of Jesus right now. And the next time you hear it, you laugh because you realize it doesn't have power over you. <laughs> Come on. You know, you know, Jesus still heard the devil. He went into the wilderness. The devil was talking to him. Jesus wasn't like, oh my God, I'm possessed. Jesus just responded with the word of God. <laughs> I know this isn't for all of you. I know this is like random little things, but I just, some of you, I really believe it's for you right now. Some of you, for, for marriages, I just see marriages right now. Right now, his anointing on your house, his anointing in your marriage right now in the name of Jesus. Every root of bitterness, 
Every place where you feel like the other person didn't fit your need, Jesus did. And we're called to love one another. Love one another, husbands and wives. Love one another. Forgive one another. Forgiving includes forgetting. Forgiving includes burning the note of wrongs, the record of wrongs, burning it in the flame of the Holy Spirit. Not looking for the other to give you everything that you need because that only comes from God. But receiving from God the love that you need so that you can love that person. Yes? Every yoke broken right now in Jesus' name over the marriages of this church. Father, I pray for supernatural marriages. So much love, so much power. Father, I pray for powerhouses like Priscilla and Aquila in the the New Testament, Father God. People just raised up out of this church, Father. They'll even go to the world, Lord Jesus, preaching your word. Father, I pray for people that are just rooted in you in their households. Ah, yes. prayer. I just want you to come up and get prayer. Um, I pray that you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. We don't hear a message of grace and we don't go, well, I guess I got that teaching down and I stick it in my pocket and that's it. The Bible says, I pray that you grow in the grace and the knowledge, that's truth, light. I pray that you grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. That's what he's brought for us in himself. And we get to grow in it. Yeah? It's not just for Saturday. If it stays here and it's nothing else, you're going to be, who? we only eat one day a week. Boy, you're going to look, you're going to look real skinny, like unhealthy, unhealthy skinny. There's an unhealthy skinny. If you only eat one day a week, always, it is going to be no good. Yes? All right, I love you guys. Amen? Come get prayer if you want it. Love one another. Go eat food with each other. Amen.